Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Dylan Budka. Dylan is a professional MMA fighter, and he will continue his professional career next Friday, June 16th, 2023, in Owensboro, Kentucky, fighting for LFA. If there's anyone in the country who is on the fast track to, I don't know, maybe the top of the sport, I would say Dylan Budka fits the mold for that description just as well as anyone. I appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're a fan of The Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We now have returning guest. We have Dylan Budka on the line with us. Dylan, how are you today? Doing pretty good, brother. How about you? I'm doing very well. Really looking forward to this show in Owensboro, Kentucky. That's Friday, June 16th, 2023. Um, Dylan, looking over your tapology, I know I've chatted with you a couple times, done a couple previous episodes with you, but you have to be one of the more intriguing MMA prospects alive. I don't know. I mean, since you started your... So actually, let's back up recap who is Dylan Budka where are you from and, and what brought you when did you decide you were just going to go balls to the wall with an MMA career uh, when did that happen uh, uh, but for starters who's Dylan Budka where are you from um Dylan Budka I'm from Baltimore Maryland and uh I fight out of Finley Ohio at demolition fight team I started my career in 2020 as an amateur I made my pro debut in 2022 um I actually started my amateur career in 2021, started my pro debut in 2022, and now I'm fighting for a world title on June, June 16th. Um, okay, so of course you're wrestling. Wrestling is your foundation, correct? At what age did you start wrestling? Uh, I started wrestling my junior year of high school. Uh, 
Hmm. Okay, so kind of late. What, what what sports did you play prior to that? Football and baseball. Okay. Were you good at, pretty good at, at football also? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I had some full-ride scholarships for football, uh, and then I got some full-ride scholarships for wrestling. I won a national title in wrestling my second year, and I uh, decided to take it on and go do that full-time at Notre Dame. Okay. Since okay, so so you you started second year of high school. You started uh, um, wrestling. You went all out with that. Exhausted that. Got to a v- relatively very high level at a very high college uh, level of wrestling. Um, at what point did you decide you wanted to pursue a career as an MMA fighter? Um, I was at Notre Dame uh, College, and every time I would be in there, there would be fighters that come in there, and I would peek in here and there and see them doing it. And I eventually ran into a fighter from Demolition Fight Team who um, eventually invited me out to the gym when COVID happened and everything. And I took it on full-time in 2021 and decided to make it my life. Okay, so you are literally just about, just a little over two years into your MMA career in entirety. You started in January uh, of 2021. Um, if you could do it all over again, if you could go back to your college days of wrestling before you started this journey into being a, a cage fighter, is there anything you would have done differently if you could? Um, everything that's happened in the past has shaped me out to be the fighter and person I am now. So I wouldn't change one thing that's happened and it's happening exactly how it's supposed to be. I was speaking with someone yesterday about this episode. I was saying I'm going to talk to Dylan Budkin tomorrow, and he was saying, "Man, you know he's he's a uh, uh, you know a fucking beast. He, he's a, a handful." And I said, "In my opinion, one of the best testaments to how tough Dylan Budkin is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you got in there against Cameron Kinzig, who will also be on this card, and you lost." But it was a split decision, okay? So, I mean, tell us, let's go back to that. Am I exaggerating by saying that's crazy that you were able to get in there with some, someone so much bigger than you? And maybe you, maybe you technically lost the fight, but, I mean, you didn't get finished. Split decision. Yeah. So, one of the judges thought you won. So, I mean, tell me about that specific fight. Do you agree with me that that's a testament to your uh, ceiling as an MMA fighter? Oh, yeah, that, that, that fight definitely uh, shaped me out to be who I am now, too. Uh, going against somebody the size of him and uh, the experience he had when I went against him was crazy. He's a great athlete, and for being 6'6", 265 pounds, he can move pretty good, too. So definitely a really big test of my career as an amateur and uh, definitely made me who I am as a fighter today. You're listed at six foot tall. Is that accurate? Yes. How much do you think you weighed for that fight? For uh, the Kinzing fight? Yes. I weighed in 210. Okay. <laughs> Tactically, w- w- you know, what was the game plan going into that fight? You're like, okay, I got to get in here and wrestle him. I got to get in close, close the distance and get him down? Yeah, uh, we knew that Kinzing had a really good low, low kick. Uh, and him being four times the size of me definitely wasn't smart to eat them. So definitely the plan was to take him down and hold him down and choke him out. Uh, he's definitely tough. He was one of my toughest guys to get down to the mat because of how big he was and uh, how long he was. But we eventually got him down, I think, two to three times in that fight. Um, but what happened happened, and he got the better of me that day. 
Now, I know it's probably kind of funny that I'm focusing on one of your lost, you know, very few losses on your, your resume. What other fights would you look back on in your two-year-old MMA career to being kind of defining moments? It's interesting to track the progression of a specialist such as yourself because you're a wrestler, but I know you've also done the boxing thing. So, I mean, tell me about your progression through the world of your, your career over these past two years. Um. When I first started, we actually started with boxing because uh, my coach knew I was a wrestler. So we thought the smartest thing was do to make myself uncomfortable. And uh, as a lot of the greats say, you got to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So we had in the same year, I had nine MMA fights. I had nine. I had 12 boxing bouts uh, within them, nine bouts of MMA. And I won two boxing titles. Um, I haven't really had to show my boxing off in any of my fights because I was able to take everybody down. So uh, I haven't really I'm, – I'm really looking forward to showing my hands off this fight. And, um, but some of the most – the fights that I remember the most in my career is mostly the ones that I lost because that's where I learned the most out of them. Um, I've lost uh, Derek Overstreet, Kinzing, and uh, David Gladfelter. That's some of the most defining moments for me. Uh, coming back from them losses because that's one of the hardest things to do is get back in the gym after you take them L's. So um, those are some of my moments where I – had to grind a little bit harder, learn who I was as a man and a fighter, and become better the next day. I was explaining to my uh, 15-year-old daughter recently. She's learning how to drive, and occasionally you're going to fuck up when you're driving. You're going to be like, oh, shit, I almost just killed us. But you got to shake that mm-hmm. off. I said a defensive back in football, you know, their job is they got to have a short memory. you got to go out and play the best defense you, you can, but if you give up a 15- or 20-yard pass – you can't bitch out and then, like, mentally check out because that next play could fuck you, you know, even worse. Um, yep. So I'd imagine that's a strength of yours, Dylan. Uh, I assume you know what I'm describing, and you developed that because you wrestled and you had a lot of success, but you also lost some, and you knew how to handle a loss. What is it I'm describing, and do you agree that's one of your strongest attributes? Yes. Uh, I, I coach a lot of people now, too, and the main thing I say to amateurs coming up is staying disciplined, staying committed uh, and continuing to work hard even when the obstacles come up. And um, discipline, discipline is the biggest thing in this sport. Regardless what happens, you got to stay disciplined to uh, your schedule, what you do every day on a daily basis. Everything has to be committed into the sport that uh, you got to do a full, full time. You can't do it half ass or you're not going to go and get the big fights, get on the big promotions. You got to stay committed every time you step in the room, out of the room. When you sleep, you got to think about the right thing to do, and that's what I've been doing for the past three years. Um, looking back on your one loss as a pro, it says you, you were rear naked. You got rear naked choked in the third round. Were you winning the fight up until that point? Uh, I believe so. I believe I was uh, showing my hands off pretty good. I think the judges on the cards uh, were saying I was winning too. Um, I made the moment bigger than what it was because uh, it was on a big promotion for my first fight. Um, I had never been on a big show like that. I made myself – I just beat myself that day. David Gladfeld is a really good fighter, though, and uh, he got the better of me that day and choked me out. But um, I believe that I just beat myself that day. How much of your time as a fighter is devoted to submissions and submission defense? Um. I have a really good team behind me that schedules out all the practices I have. Um, Some days it'll be kickboxing. Some days I'll do wrestling. 
some days we'll do all of it together. But uh, a lot of I, I train with some good grapplers, Dante Leon, Quentin Richards, um, a lot of high level guys that beat me up every day in the room. So um, a lot of my a lot of things I do in the cage that you guys see wouldn't be able to happen without them. I love it. To be a, like I said, a specialist, you start working on your striking, but then a wrestler with striking is great, but you got to have some pretty good submission defense. And the only way through additional humility <laughs> is to be, surround yourself with people who fuck you up, basically. I know yeah, that sounds yep, extreme, yeah. but you get submitted in yeah. practice. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I get beat up in practice all the time. If you, I just said this to one of my buddies the other day. I said, if you're, if you're not getting beat up in the room, you're in the wrong room. And that applies to boxing, wrestling, and like jujitsu. All of it. You got to have guys that are better than you so you can. You shouldn't be beating everybody up in your gym or you're not in the right gym. When's the last time you wrestled with someone who beat you up in wrestling? Um, probably earlier this week, honestly. I got took down a couple times this week. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got, we we uh, scout up a couple guys in the room to bring into the room to give me good looks, especially – for a fighter like the guy I'm going, against. I don't want—I don't know how to say his name correctly. I don't want to be disrespectful. Azamat, so, uh, Azamat, uh, Azamat. We'll go with that. Sure. Azamat is a good wrestler, so we've been bringing in guys that give me good looks for him. Uh, we know Azamat has a good single leg, so we've been having guys shoot on me, shoot a lot of single legs on me. A lot of high class guys, so uh, we've been going at it a lot. Azamat is a Russian, and that kind of goes without saying that that pretty much solid wrestling game, whether it's combat Sambo or Sambo or whatever the hell they do over there. They seem to bring yeah. a pretty good wrestling game to the table. I assume this fight, well, I guess you never know. That's what's so cool about uh, uh, the sport of MMA. What would you say if you were to give us a brief preview stylistically about this fight? Um, I think, that it's going to be a pressure fight, whoever gets the first step forward. Um, I think that I'm going to be able to be better than him everywhere that he brings to the table. I think that he's, he hasn't seen something like me. He hasn't seen somebody move like me. He hasn't seen somebody bounce like me. He hasn't seen somebody as quick as me, as strong as me. I'm not, I'm not the regular guy he's went against, even his Russian opponents. I'm different, and uh, I don't think he's seen that yet. Are you also a fan? You're a fan of MMA. You're a fan of wrestling, I assume. You follow, like, college wrestling and all that. I assume you're a little bit of a nerd when it comes to those sports, those two sports. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is there any other combat sports that you nerd out on? Are you a fan of boxing? Yeah, yeah, I like watching all the boxing fights, too. I, I, I study all the martial arts uh, all the way up to karate, like watching uh, Wonder Boy. I like watching Wonder Boy's old, match, old karate matches. Back in the day, all the stuff he did, I like. Uh, I like watching the boxing match. I like. I watch Garcia versus Davis. Uh, okay. I buy the pay per views all the time. So um, yeah, I watch all of it. I, I watch film all day. Pick up different things that people do. If you had to pick a favorite MMA fighter of all time, do you have one in mind? Um, probably GSP. GSP is one of my favorite fighters. I like how uh, he moves. How athletic he was. Um, I try to, I um, try to do some things like him. I try to copy some of his movements. Uh, I really like Wonder Boy too. I like Khabib. Um, a lot of the grinder guys. A lot of guys that like to push the pace. Um, I like Bulk. Um, 
lot of the grinders, a lot of the hard workers. Okay. What about boxing? Boxing, uh, Javante Davis, both from the hometown, so he's definitely one of my guys. Okay, um, okay. Uh, yeah, like uh, a lot of the old time guys. One of my favorite boxers is Tommy Morrison. Damn, I uh, loved his. I loved his left hook. I try to m- mimic that when I did my boxing fa- fights a lot. Uh, Muhammad Ali, of course. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard, all the all the greats, all the greats for sure. I like Canelo a lot too. Okay. You mentioned the left hook for Tommy Morrison. Yeah. Um, you're a wrestler, okay? So tell, walk us through. You're a wrestler. You grow up uh, being, what, Orthodox or South Pole naturally, and then you adopt a, what type of stance, and then when you switch to boxing more so, did you have to switch your stance? Tell us your stance story. Um, When I first got here, I thought I was a South Pole because, uh, just because of street fights I've been in. And then, um, because you're wrestling stands, so if you're in a street fight, you're gonna stand the way you wrestle. Yeah, yeah, right I used to be right forward. leg. Yeah, yeah, I used to be right leg forward in my fighting stance in the street. And then, um, you know, I thought I knew everything when I first got here, like everybody else does when they go to a gym for the first time. And my coach said, "Yeah, that's not happening." And uh, I became an orthodox fighter. I felt more comfortable orthodox than ever. And then now we're to the point where I'm switching. Oh, we're good. Yep. Yeah, right. I can now hear you. To the, yeah. Yep. Now I'm to the point where we're switching both stances and I'm looking smooth out of both. Like I've been doing both for 20 years. So um, I can switch now. I can go both ways as smooth as each way and I can go either way. You referenced street fights. Were you in many street fights? I was in a couple back in Baltimore. Yeah, definitely a couple. Usually just took them down though. (laughs) Didn't happen to get into a street fight with someone who could avoid being taken down. No, 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 no. Just, just, just uh, fake gangsters that thought they could beat me up. <laughs> you say you switch uh, your stance regularly now, and you're becoming more and more. That's what's cool about MMA is you can always be progressing in little things. Like I'm sure you know your southpaw boxing could use a little stance in a cer- or a little bit of improvement in a certain way or something. Do you shoot often with your left leg forward? Um, I'm pretty good at shooting out of both stances, both leg legs forward. It's- just the shot that I take out of both of them. So I, see. I shoot my double leg a little better out of my left. I shoot my ankle pick, knee and pick. I better let one of my right legs forward. But uh, I'm pretty dangerous with both both legs forward. I can shoot out of both, close the distance, just the same on each. If you were to describe your boxing style, the one boxer you mentioned was Tank Davis. He has a unique style. He waits. He doesn't throw many punches. And then he's just waiting to basically KO you. I mean, that's yeah. a very unique style, especially for 135. I mean, I don't remember anyone who's quite like that. If you were to oh, yeah. if you were to describe your personal boxing, not your MMA boxing, your boxing style right now, who would you compare it to? Um, that's a good one. Uh I try to box a little bit and it's always interesting because I don't have much of a style. Yeah. It's like real um, minimal. And then I I'm kinda, trying to I mess kinda, with a little different thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess now I can do yeah. that. And so it's interesting to think about because there's have, so many differences I, in styles. Yeah, I kind of, I would just say I got like the Dylan Butker style for real. I, I got like my own type of style that I've never, I put a lot of boxers into one style. Like I like moving around like Roy Jones, but I have head movement, but like Canelo and uh, I got a left hook like Morrison. I got a right hand like. Whoever has a mean right hand and, like, 
I just go out there and be myself and dance. I like to dance. What's your record in boxing? Uh, twelve and zero. Amateur. Yeah, twelve and zero. I haven't had professional boxing bouts yet. Uh, in my amateur boxing bouts, twelve and zero, uh, two boxing titles. So since you went pro as an MMA fighter, you have not fought boxing. No, no, sir. Does that mean potentially at some point you could be a candidate for fighting professionally boxing? Oh, yeah, I definitely would. They pay good for sure. I definitely would take some boxing bouts. What are your thoughts on, like, celebrity boxing? Um, I definitely think it's cool, but um, I don't like how the contracts and stuff are made up. Like, I've heard there's a whole bunch of weird stuff in the contracts with, mm. like, weight clauses and all that type of stuff. Like, um, even though Davis is my boy and stuff, Javante, like, oh, okay, I didn't okay. like... I didn't like that he did the little uh, weight clause where Garcia was only allowed to gain 10 pounds after he made weight. That kind of made, it made him sound like he was a little nervous to fight him at Garcia's full potential. Like, I wouldn't like to hear that. If I make weight, like, if I was made 85 next, uh, when I make 85 next Thursday, if they said I can only go up to 93, I would be like, eh, fuck, fuck that. I get up to like I get big afterwards, so I wouldn't want to do that. So if I you didn't had like to that. predict, what like... do you what do you think you'll walk into the cage weighing? Um, I'm guessing I'll get in there around two hundred five, two hundred six. I get up there pretty big afterwards. I have a real good nutritionist, uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Equino, something like that. He's out of uh, Defiance, Ohio. Um, he takes care of all my nutritionists and gaining my weight back healthy, losing it healthy. Uh, I haven't missed one weight, and I've been really healthy and clean every time I got in the cage since I started fighting. So, What are your thoughts on like weight cutting across the board? I know you're good at it. Obviously, you've been doing it for a long time, so it's 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 a, a asset to you because you know how to do it, I'm sure, as good as anyone yeah. probably who's going to fight MMA at least. Um, yeah. Overall, if you could, would you somehow try to do away with weight cutting? Um, I think weight cutting makes it exciting too. Like, uh... Me cutting the weight, it makes me locked in for the fight even more. I'm thinking about making my weight every day. I'm thinking about uh, the hard work I'm putting into putting my body through the hell it's going through. And uh, I think it makes it interesting. Um, I don't know how some people cut the weight they do because me cutting my 30, 30, 35 pounds is pretty crazy. But I've seen like Khabib and all them guys cut down to 50, 50, 55. When they're at 205, I could never make it down to 55. So. I find it impressive how they can do that. That's kind of like a cheat code. But, um, yeah, I think it's pretty crazy how some people cut weight and how much they can cut, like Patty and them like that. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, yeah he, he has a crazy cut. He gets up to, like, 210 and cuts down to 55. as nuts. Looking back on your decision to become an MMA fighter and then, of course, your journey through what I'm sure is not always real glamorous of a, a path to – even where you're at today, which I'm sure still isn't necessarily like real glamorous. You're not rich yet. Um, correct. You're not rich yet. I ain't rich yet. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, who has been your biggest supporter? Who, who is it who along the journey, who has helped you or, or pointed you in the correct direction? I'm sure you're going to leave some people out, but who comes to mind as far as who's kind of been like fucking go for it, Dylan and kind of supported you no matter what. Um, my head coach, Gary Young, um, he, 
he told me to come down here. He had a game plan set when I moved in. I moved into the gym when I first arrived in 2021. And uh, he said, you're going to be a, you're going to be a legend. You're going to be a superstar. He said, you're going to be great. And I was like, all right, man. And he was one of the first people that uh, really believed in me in this sport. And uh, one of my best friends, Gates Cook, he looked out for me when I was living in his basement before I got there. Um, my dad, he always was, around, he was always there pushing me. To, he never want, he never thought I'd be in a fighter, but he thought I was going to be a big baseball star one day. So he, uh, th- them, all them three definitely looked out for me. My manager, Drake Geminez from Holy Hill Media, and uh, my nutritionist, they all, they all made me into the man that I am. What kind of athlete was your father? He was a baseball player. Did he play high school baseball, college? Did he play any professional? Uh, he almost. He almost made it to the big leagues uh, for the Orioles, and uh, he got got with a girl and got her got her pregnant. So it never happened out. What, <laughs> what position was he? He was center field. What's your best position? Catcher. I was a catcher. Yeah, I can see that with you being good with the uh, you know being in a squatted position. I, I, do you think if you would have exhausted baseball, you could be who knows? Baseball is very lucrative. Could you have maybe yeah. taken baseball pretty far? Yeah, I think I could have went pretty far with it. Uh, I was playing for, like, AAU teams. I'm, everybody plays for them. But uh, I'm more of a – I felt like I was more of a single player, uh, like an independent sport person, like me me versus me. I got it all in my hands type of player. So uh, I like the attention on me a little bit more. Okay. Well, Dylan, best of luck with your, your fight this upcoming Friday. Once again, that is June 16th in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, I can't wait to bring that strap back to Ohio with me next week, and I'm so excited to fight um, in Kentucky, and I'm excited to see all the fans. Thank you for having me, Kelly, and uh, you guys have a great day. Thank you, Dylan.